the VINTV podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Hello. Great. In this episode, uh, this is a continuation of the last episode. Uh, this episode, we are going to talk about big investment themes in 2022. All right. Uh, before we start, quick disclaimer from Mr. Hari. Yeah, this is the VITV podcast. We are um, here for educational and entertainment purposes only. We don't know your specific financial situation, nor do we know, nor are we uh, tax advisors or financial advisors. So please consult with the appropriate advisor before making any uh, financial decision. Awesome. Great. Let's get right to it. So 2022, New Year, we are recording this episode on the 29th of December. Uh, A lot has happened in 21, but a lot to look forward to in 2022. So the first thing is COVID. Where is this going to go? We're right, we're right now in the midst of this variant Omicron. Delta was the the, the, the new scare before Omicron. Where, where is this going? All right. Yeah, so in terms of Delta was kind of uh, very much like the original variant called Alpha um, that... Uh, you know, led to a high number, high percentage of patients going to the hospital, you know, who were, you know, elderly. Uh, in comparison, Omicron, um, you know, is much more infectious, so it's spreading much faster, um, but has a, it, you know, it's more like a, you know, a milder flu, you know, kind of season where the vast majority of people won't get hospitalized for it. Um, the vast majority won't have any serious complications or death, you know, from it. So, um, this is kind of the best way out of this that we don't have a, a vaccine that prevents transmission. So what we ha- end up having is a uh, a virus that everybody gets immune uh, to, and then once they're immune, um, you know, this kind of just fades away. And uh, you know, so I, I what I expect to see in 2022 is the first three months we'll see a lot of cases, but we won't see many hospitalizations or deaths. And then you know, people will start to realize that it's time to get back to you know. You know, kind of more of a normal, you know, life uh, like we mm-hmm. saw in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, I mean, this is what people are saying: massive immunization effort without, you know, mass herd immunity effort without us knowing. So, I mean, it could be a good thing. Um, just thinking ahead for a second. Obviously, these, you know, this thing kind of cold, just like any kind of seasonal virus, it'll come and it'll go. Obviously, Q1, Q2 you know, winter in the Northern Hemisphere, um, it'll probably ease up around Q2, I would assume, around March, April timeframe when, you know, yep. when spring comes around. Um, so I, I'd see, I would say that's kind of, that's kind of where, where that, where that sits. And, and with vaccines roll, being rolled out, I think, what, was it Merck or Pfizer? Oral um, antiviral drug? Yeah. So the, the thing about the oral antiviral agents is it's unclear if they're going to have any benefit for the Omicron variant. They were all tested against Delta and Delta is no longer, you know, the prominent um, strain in the, in the country. So even if, even if those things aren't effective, um, what I think was going to end up happening is people are going to get this naturally. They're not going to suffer significant consequences as a result of it. And we'll have people, you know, so like in Denmark, um, they had the week of December 10th, they had 50,000 cases, but they had fewer than five uh, hospitalizations from that week. 
yeah. as published this this week because hospitalizations are usually a week or two after you're infected. So I think similar data is coming out of South Africa, in my opinion. Uh, yes, from from what I read. Correct. So so I I think even if the the pills are not effective, I'm not. I don't think it's going to be a problem longer term for us. Mm-hmm. So. So I think I think it's safe to assume that you know at the end of Q1 going into Q2 we might see some of this kind of more um, more stricter lockdowns getting eased up in some yep. parts of the country. All we right, hope let's move so, on certainly. to yeah. Let's move on to the next topic: three interest rate hikes earmarked for this year. Obviously, this discussion um, comes on the hills of you know a lot of inflation kind of data and stimulus money, and we talked about some of that in the last episode. Three interest rate hikes. What does that mean for investors? Uh, as Warren Buffett likes to say, interest rates are like gravity. What does that mean for value investors in, 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 uh, in particular? Um, how are your take? Well, so I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to start seeing more, um, you know, pullback in the market. Like I, I was expecting this when, you know, they, that they would have started selling off, you know, when they started making these announcements, but we just hit all time highs on the 28th of December. Uh, so I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for the market to kind of actually react correctly to this. Um, you know, when the interest rates go up, um, people shift their money out of uh, investments, you know, and put them into bonds and other um, things because they can get a higher yield um, without there, risk. Without risk. Um, and so what we're seeing right now is um, because the interest rates are so low, two things are going to happen. This, When the interest rates rise, the um, the value of your house actually goes down, right? Because you it costs more money to borrow to to pay for a, a new house or, or, or things like that. So I, I think real estate is actually going to decrease. Um, you know, transaction volume will decrease. The price of homes will decrease. This will have a significant impact on a lot of people, um, you know, because the value of your house goes down, you know, you're going to have to spend more money on interest payments than you did in the past. So that has a huge impact. And that'll also um, cause the, the markets to kind of uh, pull back a little bit. And so we're going to stop seeing, you know, no growth companies, you know, that we're getting PEs of 30, I think that'll, those days will, you know, start to, to wind down in 2022. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how this all pans out because I mean, the government is in a kind of a tough spot here because of the huge spending, because of the huge borrowing that happened last couple of years, when the interest rate goes up, you're also obviously having to pay a lot more interest on yep. those, on those money that you borrowed. So you know what? What is the fine line between this is? I mean, this is a very, very tough spot for Federal Reserve, um, you know, officials. But three interest rate hikes, at least earmarked for next year. We'll see how it goes. Um, but it seems like that's certainly going to be the case. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's something that 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 we should all keep an eye out for. All right. Next is okay. COVID back in the workforce. Um, what does that, what does that, you know, what does that do in terms of the market? A lot of people are kind of are going to go back to workforce. Any any kind of thoughts around how that might impact the economy? Well, I think having more people back in the workforce will be good for um, a lot of different reasons. That may help with the supply chain issues that we've had for the last year and a half. 
Um, but, you know, so I, I think we're going to start seeing a normalization of some of these, um, you know, consumer goods, food, things like that will start, you know, decreasing in price. But I think certain, you know, industries are going to be impacted more than others. So I, I have to think commercial real estate is going to be pretty rough um, because I, I think the hybrid workforce, you know, where people were working from home, you know, in COVID, we're working maybe 100% of the time or 90% of the time at home and 10% in the office. I don't anticipate that's going to be, you know, completely going away and we're going to be 100% back in the office. And so I think a lot of businesses are going to, you know, reduce their office footprint. They're going to reduce their, um, you know, their outlay on uh, on commercial real estate. So th there's going to be some, you know, shifting there, you know, to get, you know, as the office work goes back. Um, but I think the good news is that as people start to go back, we're going to start seeing somewhat reduction in the price of goods and services, which will help, you know, with the inflation as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that, we'll, we'll see how that, how that, I mean, commercial real estate is one thing. I think supply chain issue, which we talked about in the last episode, we'll see how that sort of eases. Let me, let me just make one more comment before we move on to the next topic about the inflation and about the, uh, about the interest rate hikes. It's, it's been interesting running the podcast with you, Hari, over the past, I don't know, three, four years now, because we've been in the, we've been in an environment where interest rate has been so low, historic low, right? And yep. a lot of people speculate on the market because it's, it's riskless in some ways, because there is no risk because, because the interest rate is so low. You can be really far out of the risk curve and be okay because you're not really discounting that future cash. Right. So, so over the past, you know, four or five years that we've been kind of doing this, Hari, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, value kind of like hard value and really analyzing the data and analyzing and analyzing the companies didn't quite work as well because you could just speculate in the market and just have, you know, 10 X, 20 X returns right. and buy these like, you know, crazy speculative assets. And that was, that was fine because that was kind of the macro environment. But now perhaps this is a time that it changes over to where you need to be a little bit more diligent about what you or where you put your money because now the risk is going, is going to be, in a, be at a level where it, it sort of makes sense and where the market actually makes sense. But I mean, that, that, that is at least kind of where theoretically it should go. But I also am wary that the government is in a very, very tough position here because they borrowed so much money. Yeah. And if they, if they raise their interest rate too, too, too much, I mean, they're going to tank the economy and that's not good either. So tough, tough call. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you bring up some really good points there about, you know, we're in a rock and a hard place, you know, as far as inflation goes and, you know, you, you've gotten, you know, you've kind of turned all the levers over the last 12 to 15 years to make the economy, you know, kind of move. And, you know, under the previous administration, the economy was red hot until COVID hit. Um, and then we started doing more stimulus, which is hurting, I, I think, hurting the, uh, the supply chain, hurting the inflation, you know. And so the only, you know, thing that you have is low in lower interest rates. 
uh, or is to raise interest rates to kind of tape down the inflation amount. So where this all leads to is as value investors, you know, I think it was a lot of us who have been frustrated for the last, I don't know, five, 10 years where there are some deals that we find that are really cheap, but they just don't get the the love that the Facebooks and the Googles and, and so forth of the world get simply because that's where all of the money is going, right? You know, I think now the the FANG stocks account for a, a, a large percentage of the S&P 500, you know, um, and so that, so that that creates its own problems, you know? Um, yeah. So some people say, some people say Apple, Apple stock is the new uh, U.S. Treasury. Treasury right. Bond. Well, I, I don't know that that is really going to work out. You know, it, it's great if you bought, bought it at a, a, a reasonable price, right? But there are lots of deals that are out there, you know, to be had as value investors. And I think as the interest rates go up, those deals become a lot more interesting to people because now you're actually dealing with valuations that were closer to historic norms, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the, with the macro environment that we are in, it is so easy to just bet on the macro environment and not having, not have to actually do the due diligence to understand each of the companies and the fundamentals because the macro really dictated the market. One of my friends told me earlier, earlier uh, when we first started the podcast, he was like, why would I do all this work when I can just buy S&P 500 and, and it's fine. Like you can just bet on the macro. Right. And, you know, to, to be fair, that, that, that was true. That has been true. That is still true yep. in, in, in many cases. Um, it's, it's really, um, yeah. So we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. Um, with the interest rate go, when the interest rate goes up, then, you know, the, the calculus may, may differ and, um, some of the more detailed fundamental analysis that we do here between you and I and the podcast and the whole community, that might, that might, um, that might make, make more sense in the future. Regardless though, regardless of the macro environment, I think it's just, I think it's just the sound fundamental business principle to do your research and do the fundamental yep. kind of calculation, even if the macro environment suggests, suggests otherwise. Um, right. That's just, that's just my, my take and my principle, but, um, yeah, that's been, that's been where we've been sitting. So in 2022, we'll see what happens. Some, certainly something that we should keep an eye out for. All right. Last item before we close out the podcast election, um, what's going to happen this year? How's that going to impact the market? So I, I think the, uh, American people will have their opportunity to speak in, you know, November, um, of 2022 and, what we'll probably see right now, if, if things hold the way they have been for the last uh, six months or so, you know, the, the president and, uh, you know, ha- has fairly low approval ratings. Um, the economy has, has not been doing well. And I think it's affecting a lot of people at the, the you know, the gas pump and things like that. So I, I think we're probably going to see the House and the Senate shift towards uh, the Republican side of the, um, of the aisle. And what that'll mean is more gridlock in the U.S. Um, in terms of getting, you know, the infrastructure spending passed and things like that. So I don't think that this is necessarily a bad thing because right now what we ne- don't need is more stimulus and more inflationary pushes, right? If the interest rates do a- in- indeed go up, this may have a pretty significant impact on the market uh, as a whole. Um, and so throwing more money into the 
uh, a mix is probably not the answer that we want um, as a, as a country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think a lot of people have know that intrinsically uh, and will vote that way depending on, you know, their, um, and, you know, to be fair, the Democrats had a very slim majority to begin with. So it's, it's always pretty dicey. Um, and this, you know, it's natural for, you know, people to kind of vote against the the group in power just because they're unhappy for whatever reason. So I, I think throw on top of that, you know, the stimulus and all of the other economic hardships that a lot of people are facing, you're, you're probably going to see a shift in the winds, uh, you know, politically. So, yeah. This is this, that's always going to come in November, and I suspect that you know during election season a lot of freebies are given out, yep, or at least cheap words. Words are cheap, um, so I suspect that a lot of that rhetoric will kind of affect the market uh, in, in ways that, um, yeah, perhaps you know it's still difficult to predict. But I think because it's election year, I think it'll uh, it'll definitely affect the market. Yeah. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on 2022? No, I mean, I, I think if, if you are looking to invest, you know, as we have talked about on the podcast, and I'd encourage you to go listen to the uh, podcast um, that Beko did with uh, Sunil uh, Shaw, where he talked about India. Um, you know, I, I think the next five to 10 years are going to be interesting in, you know, certain regions of the world. Uh, India, I think, is good, is where China was maybe 15 or 20 years ago. So there's, I think, there's going to be tremendous growth there. Um, Africa is also generating a lot of buzz, um, you know, and 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 spending. So, you know, even though it may be discouraging to look at the U.S. and say, you know, we've got a lot of you know debt and things like that, I think there are regions in the world, Southeast Asia, India, and Africa, where there's a lot of growth ahead for those places. Uh, you know, for them to become first world countries is going to take 20 years of, you know, a lot of growth to get there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think also um, a couple things I want to say about that with the interest, rate, again, kind of going back to the macro picture for a second with the interest rate so low, if the interest rate rises, the capital will flow in to the U.S. bond. But yep. if the interest rate slows, uh, stays low, like this, what will happen to the capital is people will chase returns. And if you want to chase higher returns, you got to go further out in the risk curve. And obviously emerging markets is a bit more risky. And right. so money will money has been flowing to the emerging markets and will continue to do so because people are seeking that that alpha. Yep. Another thing I want to talk about there is people think that it's it's very difficult to invest in overseas market because it's, you know, you gotta you gotta open up an account at overseas exchange, things like that. There's actually a lot you can do just within U.S. exchange. There's yep. over-the-counter stuff. There's actually there are companies that are listed here on this on the American exchange that operate overseas. There are companies that have headquarters in the U.S. but have huge operations uh, overseas. So if you if you do your research, you can find really good opportunities. And so I, I would encourage people uh, to look for those also. All right. Um, that closes out our podcast this uh, this episode. Um, thanks again for listening, guys, and uh, hope everyone is safe. And uh, hope everyone has wonderful New Year. And I'll see you guys in the next uh, next episode. Yeah, and please like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. That'll really help us grow the channel. Um, and 
uh, email us if you have any questions, info at valueinvestor.org, uh, or if you want our copy of our checklist, um, info at valueinvestor.org. Really appreciate your continuing, you know, support and listening. And I think we have plenty of good things coming in 2022 for, for all of y'all. So, uh, appreciate everything. All right. Happy new year, everybody. Yep. Happy new year. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.